You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hi, and welcome to The Blackest Questions, a trivia game show meant to teach us more about black history. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Greer, politics editor for The Griot and associate professor of political science at Fordham University. In this podcast, we ask our guests five of The Blackest Questions so we can learn a little bit more about them and have some fun while we're doing it. We're also going to learn a lot about black history, past and present. So here's how it works. We've got five rounds of questions about us, black history, the entire diaspora, current events, you name it. And with each round, the questions get a little tougher and the guest has 10 seconds to answer. If they answer correctly, they'll receive one symbolic black fist and hear this. And if they get it wrong, they'll hear this. But we still love them anyway. And after the five trivia questions, there will be a black bonus round just for fun. And I like to call it Black Lightning. Our guests for this episode are husband and wife Sierra and Trey Boston. You may know Trey from his days as an NFL star playing for the Arizona Cardinals, L.A. Chargers, and most recently, the Carolina Panthers. Sierra is a former teacher from North Carolina. The couple have two beautiful children and run a nonprofit organization together that they're going to tell us about. And they also have a new show airing on the Weather Channel, Fast Home Rescue, that shows them rebuilding homes for families impacted by natural disasters. More than 30,000 homes in this county were destroyed. Some even washed up in other places. We're here to help rebuild some of these homes and get these people back to their normal way of life. Hello, Sierra. Hello, Trey. Thank you all so much for this special edition of The Blackest Questions. When we have two couples join us, we like to have you two compete against one another. So you each get two questions and we'll have a tiebreaker if needed. Are you all ready to play? Ooh, okay. Let's get it. (laughs) Okay, Trey, I'm going to start with you. Okay. This NFL coach is one of the longest serving black coaches in league history. And in the 16 years that he's led his team, they have never had a losing record. Can you name this coach? Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is correct. So Tomlin has been head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2007. And it was brought on by team owner Dan Rooney, who proposed the NFL's Rooney Rule, which, which requires teams to interview at least one minority candidate for a vacant head coaching job. Tomlin has won two Super Bowl championships, one as head coach and the other as a defensive backs coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's also the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl, which happened with the Steelers when he was just 36 years old. So, Trey, I know you were part of the NFL for six seasons. Do you think it makes a difference to have a coaching staff that better represents the players on the field? Uh, I believe it. You know, it does, because at the end of the day, you're working with an organization that you want to know, you know, the closer you are as a team, as coaches, as personalities, uh, Mm -hmm. you can feed off each other and know each other's highs and lows. And sometimes those highs and lows might not be met from somebody who has never dealt with uh, a character like this or somebody who uh, it it might not be a character, just a young young man who might just be Mm -hmm. growing. So to have coaches who can identify with the same things that you've been through, uh, it, it means a lot. And to have those coaches, I mean, those are some of our best coaches because not only have they coached us, but they most likely played the game as well. So yeah, they yeah. have that dual threat of playing the game, coaching it, and being relatable to the guys. Right. I mean, and you have these guys with such immense talent and also immense pressure. So when I, I think about, you know, guys going into the league, sometimes just having a black leader on a team could also just serve as a, a different type of mentorship in some ways for some people. Now, growing up, did you have a coach that you sort of looked up to, uh, a black coach, you know, playing either peewee league or in high school um, that, you know, you bonded with, who helped you kind of get to the NFL? Um, 
I would say there's many of them, uh, not just one. I usually play for black organizations, so that means a village having to keep us up at a young age. But some of my favorites, I would say, um, you know, NFL coaches, uh, college coaches. Um, you know, Everett Withers was one of my uh, DB coaches, defensive coordinators, head coaches at one point. Uh, Steve Wilkes, another one right now who, you know, these coaches have, you know, they found ways to coach each and every one of us. They knew how to identify with us. They came from humble beginnings, so they knew what it meant to coach each and every individual as they should be. So to have men like that who were pouring into you, great husbands, uh, you know, that that's, you know, who you want to identify with. And that's, you know, you're lucky to have guys like that around. I know. That's that's so true. Sierra, I want to bring you in. Now, did you watch much football growing up or did you know much about football before you met Trey? Um, I wouldn't say I watched too much, um, but I feel one of the interesting stories is that one of the first drafts that we watched um, that, well, that I really was into was um, the draft where Cam Newton was drafted to the Panthers. And then a couple years later, that's where uh, he ended up getting drafted too. So it was kind of, you know, a unique story that once I started paying attention, like that's where we were looking towards the Panthers. Exactly. Now, when you met Trey, were you just like, oh, you know, who is this man? He's he's in good shape. Or did you know that he actually played one of the hardest games in in American sports? Um. Well, we met in college. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I mean, I I. They make it very known that they're football players. So, so that wasn't, yeah, so that was very known. But no, it was definitely not an instant attraction for by any means. No, yeah, football players are known to be shy, and they don't want to let they don't want to let you know that they play football, huh? Exactly, right, right, right. Well, that's great. Well, Sierra, I'm going to bring you in. Are you ready for the blackest questions? Yeah. Okay. Question number one for Sierra: The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA ranks this hurricane as the costliest hurricane to ever strike the United States. It also disproportionately affected Black Americans. What is the name of this storm? Mm, I feel like it'll have to be Katrina. You are correct. So Hurricane Katrina. Katrina was a Category 5 hurricane that hit New Orleans in late August back in 2005. It cost more than $180 billion worth of damage and killed nearly 1,400 people. More than 80% of New Orleans was flooded when the city's levee system collapsed, leaving much of the city underwater for weeks. The government's emergency response was widely criticized and several parts of the city were never rebuilt. Multiple investigations concluded the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, who designed the region's levee systems, was responsible for the flood control system's failure. So this gets us to our next discussion because you all saw firsthand what it looks like when people struggle to get help when they need that they need following a natural disaster. So I want to talk to you all about your new show on the Weather Channel, Fast Home Rescue. It's reveal day, and Mr. Goodman will be here soon to see how his home has been transformed since Hurricane Ian left it destroyed. What? Ooh, Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, it's the same man. house we grew up in. Oh, man. What you Ooh, Lord. So, Sierra, I'm going to start with you. What made you all want to get involved in this kind of work? Um, it really was like just a really like good just opportunity. Um, the foundation that we have does a lot of like nonprofit work with um the the, the target is like lower income families or families that um you know to, to focus on the children 
help them break uh, generational cycles of poverty, things like that. The foundation is called the Beyond Belief Foundation because we really want to let these kids know, like, go beyond belief, go beyond the expectations that are put on you, either through your family or your circumstance, anything like that. Um, so this was just a wonderful opportunity to continue that work because these families that we meet during the show, um, a lot of them have been out of their homes or have been living in damaged homes for months or years on end. So um, so to get in and really be able to like give them home back, a lot of them have children. One of our families even had a baby that was six months at the time of the hurricane. Uh, so they had been not living at home. So it's just it's just really important because family is so important. And if we want, if our foundation wants to benefit children as families going forward, breaking generational cycles, um, then this kind of thing really helps because it repairs their homes. Home is where you can have your peace, your peace of mind. And it was just really, really important for us to like go ahead and jump in and be a part of this opportunity. Well, I love the fact that you all are really cognizant of the fact that home does create this mental state, right? And so when we don't have a secure place to live, it does affect us, not just physically, but mentally. And we know that obviously for kids, what kids all need is stability and consistency and sort of pattern. Um, and I also love the fact that you all are just helping people rebuild homes, but, you know, get back into the homes that they had in a health and, and safe way, healthy and safe way. Because, you know, we know that so many uh, homes that are damaged, obviously, by storms, you know, there's mold and there are other issues that can really affect, um, especially kids down the line. Now, Trey, when you all were taping the show... Was there anything that stood out to you or surprised you when you were filming? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, from your successful career in the NFL, I yeah. didn't read anything in my research about you, you know, having a background in meteorology or home building. <laughs> well, yeah, during, you know, with the foundation, I'd actually done a little bit of this work already with Habitat for Humanity and Rebuilding Together. And that's what kind of led us into that as well, uh, getting into that work. But, you know, I would say... Being a little more hands-on, you know, uh, at the ease, I might have picked up a hammer, you know, did, painted, did some drywall, but now I'm driving bobcats, tractors, uh, you know, just doing, you know, the, the, the heavy work of it. I'm talking every saw there is, buzz saw, angle saw, you you name it, I'm working with it. So to be able to do that all um, each in week, new family, uh, it, it's, it's been something that I wouldn't say is surprising, but... It's been cool because I can't say this is something I ever thought I was going to do. Right. I mean, but isn't it just a blessing, right? I mean, you know, God bless Habitat for Humanity and, and all the work that Jimmy Carter has done over the years helping people get into their homes. But it's so wonderful to be able to have such a successful career and then transition to something where you're you're helping people in a very different way. I mean, obviously, you entertain people on a Monday or a Sunday. Um, yeah. but this is this is a different kind of help. And obviously, you know. Sierra and I are both educators, so we know the importance of being in a classroom and sort of planting that seed, but this is another opportunity for us to sort of use our skills to help uh, a whole different set of people, especially people who were in such a, uh, a troubling circumstance at the time and get them out of it. So, I mean, this question is for both of you, and Sierra, I'll start with you. What do you hope people take away from Fast Home Rescue? Um... Well, one of the things I really appreciate about the show and I hope it's received well is that, for one, this show does home renovations, obviously for homes that have been damaged in natural disasters, but these are at no cost to the families. So these are not, you know, no, I love HGTV. I watch those type of shows all the time. 
But sometimes you see, you know, families that have $20,000, $30,000 budgets and they're, you know, looking for these grand things, which is cool. That That's really amazing transformations to see. Um, and our show, um, a lot of these homes are, um, you know, probably about a thousand square foot homes, um, you know, maybe two or three bedrooms. It's at no cost to them. So a lot of the furniture, it's all um, donated or paid for through the nonprofits. Um, so we still want to give them home, a beautiful space. We have the designers for the projects that are awesome. And they really put a lot of time and work into creating a theme, like what this home is going to look like. Um, so these aren't, you know, like I said, these aren't like people that are coming with, you know, $20,000 budgets, like help me rebuild my home. Like, no, these are people that are getting help through nonprofits. Um, so it's just, I feel like it's, it's really important to know that um, donations, you know, you'll see that at the end of the episode where other people can um, donate money to these foundations um, and, and nonprofits um, because they, this work is done at no cost to our homeowners. Oh, that's fantastic. And Trey, what do you hope people take away from the show Fast Home Rescue? You know, being able to have relationships with each and every family. You know, a, a lot of, you, she kind of says, shows just kind of show up and then they reveal. Well, with us, you know, we get to know the family. We cater to them. You know, what we're doing throughout the house with the design features are catered to the family. And we actually spend time with them during the week. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of one of our different things about this show is that um, the homeowner and the homeowners and us actually do something as an activity together. Um, some activities you'll see on the show. Um, so far we've went cooking with one of our homeowners. Um, we've went to play pool because one of our homeowners was, um, pool. Um, well, not a shark, but he, he played professional pool. Um, we go boxing and painting. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, just activities that, that the families do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. not just the home you also get the weather information right. and right. you get to know the people and well, animals I... if you love animals there's a lot of animals with over 50 acres dedicated to the giraffe sanctuary this is where the most amount of damage from hurricane ida can still be seen oh there oh it's a few of them too oh wow i mean i think what's also before we go to commercial break what i what i love is this this idea of a team you know and obviously yeah. as an educator with sierra she knows about sort of building teamwork in a classroom. Obviously, Trey, you know about teamwork on the field. And it's a really inspiring show, which also I felt, you know, watching the trailer, really motivated me to sort of think about ways that I could help, you know, and you all give us resources at the end. But I really hope that when people are watching Fast Home Rescue, that they're inspired to actually do more because so much of what you all show us is about the strength of a community, an entire community coming together. So I'm just I'm so excited for the show and I really can't wait to tune in. So we're going to have a quick commercial break and then we'll come back. I'm Torre. Join us for crazy true stories about stars who I really hung out with like Snoop, Jay-Z, Prince, Kanye, and the time I got kidnapped by Suge Knight. Don't miss my animated series Star Stories with Torre from the Grio Black Podcast Network. And we're back. The Battle of the Bostons is here. We've got Trey and Sierra tied neck and neck playing the blackest questions. Trey, are you ready for question number two? Come on, let's go. Okay. This extension of government regulates and enforces federal laws meant to protect human health and the environment. The person in charge is currently a black man from Goldsboro, North Carolina. 
Can you name this organization? I'm mad. It's the health and... Human health and the environment. That's the goal to protect the two. Hey, I gotta be better. The answer is the Environmental Protection Agency, also known as the EPA. So the EPA was established in 1970 by President Richard Nixon. The agency monitors air and water quality, the use of chemicals and pollutants, and oversees programs that promote energy efficiency and sustainable growth. The EPA is run by Michael Regan. And the last year, the EPA announced the creation of the Office of Environmental Justice and External Civil Rights, that will dedicate 200 EPA staff and $3 billion to address underserved communities across the country that have dealt with environmental racism and issues like unsafe drinking water and illegal dumping of hazardous materials, which we know has happened for far too long in many African-American communities. So as you all were filming, did you all notice any disparities among sort of some of the people affected by natural disasters and then the help that they received? Um, for sure, for sure. Um, we we did get to film um, three homes in New Orleans. Um, so we did definitely see kind of how we talked about earlier with Katrina, how some of the things don't even seem to have been rebuilt since then. Uh, we definitely saw that. But uh, honestly, I think our most... Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? The most dis, the but the biggest disparity was a um a family that we went to that's out on the Grand Bayou. Um, they are a Native American family, um, but they actually still live out on the water. Like you have to take a boat to their home, um, and like the the way their ancestors lived, um, and so they, uh, we we really talked to a lot of people and tried to do a lot of um work with speaking to FEMA. Yeah. Um, because they 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 need the help for sure. Mm-hmm. Because not mm-hmm. only are they right on the water, they're impacted by the storms, but also so many organizations um, don't want to come back and help because they're considered high risk being out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, if 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 really they, if they could just get them to move and leave that area alone, they could. But you know, they're yeah. people; they don't want to leave their homes where their ancestors have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, actually, we we definitely saw that. So that was. Um, New Orleans and that family out in the Grand Bayou was probably the most like, like, wow, this needs more help than they are getting. Right. And we realized, you know, I think a lot of people always say, you know, well, with climate change, you know, why don't these people just move? You know, they're in areas that are definitely prone to hurricanes or tornadoes or whatever types of storms come through. But it's, as you said, Sierra, you know, if people's ancestors grew up on this land and, you know, you might be in the home of your grandparents, it's not that easy just to pick up and leave. And to go where? And, you know, Trey, I know you're from Florida and, you know, one of my best friends is from North Carolina. I mean, we have strong roots. Um, just to tell people to go someplace else is in some ways an unrealistic proposition, even if it's in an area that's pl- prone to flooding and, and storms. Trey, we did not get that one right. Sierra, if you get this one correct, you will be the winner of the Blackest Questions. Um, okay, you ready for question number two? Yes. This black celebrity has a foundation that helped victims of the Flint water crisis and was a huge part of the relief in Houston, Texas, following Hurricane Harvey. She, there's a hint, even personally handed out food to victims following the storm. Can you name this famous figure? Oh, and you said the, the two um, events were the Flint, Michigan, and water Houston. crisis. Mm-hmm. And the huge part of the relief uh, she assisted with in Houston, Texas, 
following Hurricane Harvey. Um, I don't know. So the clue was Houston, Texas, because the I answer know. is Beyonce. Well, I'm good enough. I was thinking, and I didn't say it because I was like, I don't know if she went out to Michigan, though. That's the thing. <laughs> That's what I was like. I I, I should have said it. I literally was like, I don't know if she went out to Michigan, though. So. So Beyonce is obviously for our listeners, right? One of the most successful musicians in history and holds the title for most Grammy wins at 32. She's been nominated a staggering 88 times. And in 2016, she started her charitable foundation, Be Good. And they often do things under the radar. For instance, they've paid the bail to release people arrested while protesting police brutality. And she also awards grants to help people start Black-owned businesses. And not only has the queen, Beyonce, sold more than 200 million records, but she's also an icon who creates culture of pointy phrases like put a ring on it, I woke up like this, and boy, bye. So she's got her nonprofit, but you all have your own nonprofit organization, which is the Trey Boston Beyond Belief Foundation, which focuses on education and mentorship. And so, Trey, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit more about that foundation and what you see as the biggest needs for young people you help. Yeah, I think where you started right there, you know, having that mentorship uh, and building it and having the foundation of education. You know, the more we learn at a younger age, uh, the more we're helping our youth, uh, truly. So for us, you know, with our foundation, we try to put people who are around the city uh, of, you know, minorities and, and truly show our kids that, hey, there are people around you who are successful. Um, success is one of our biggest words in our foundation because so often success is measured between uh, money and materials nowadays. Uh, when if you're a nine to five hardworking man, your family has a roof over their head, they're clothed, you're eating at night, you're, that's a successful man. And, and that has to, we have to re, uh, you know, unlearn and relearn, you know, what success is for our children. So to be able to get to them at a young age, feed them all the knowledge that we have as adults, uh, we find our kids easier getting into college, knowing how to, uh, doing simple things like write checks, you know, knowing how to fill out college applications. But it goes even deeper, deeper than that, you know, going to, you know, juvenile detention centers and giving these kids hope, letting them know that their life isn't over. They can, you know, they they have a fresh restart once they get out. They can write their own stories, um, going to uh, abuse counseling treatment centers for women, uh, letting them know that, you know, they are still the standard for their children, no matter where they are in life, you know, so they you know, as well, keep going, inspiring more. Uh, so for me, uh, our foundation means so much uh, in so many different routes, but the mentorship for our children is it, it, very big because if we can get to them before everybody else gets to them on the outside, yeah. we can truly root the kids that we need in our society. Absolutely. And Sarah, as an educator, you know, working with the Trey Boston Beyond Belief Foundation, what are you focusing on as well? you know, bringing that skill set to this foundation? I really want for me is just to, to show kids other avenues of, like he said, of success. Like I said before, going beyond belief, going beyond what parameters have other people or your own self has placed on you. Um, There's other, like even we look at things sometimes, like even with the show, like we've met so many amazing people in the community with jobs and careers that we haven't even thought of before. Like, yeah, there is somebody that does this. In the last episode, um, he released an os osprey. Um, it's a big mm -hmm. bird, yeah. right? Big bird. I'm, I'm a birder, so I, okay. I, I like an osprey nest. 
Yeah. So just seeing things like that, I don't know. It's always just so inspirational to see so many people um, that are passionate about what they do. Um, and, and just like showing kids, like there are so many avenues and passions you can choose, you know. Yes, this is a football player, but our goal is to show you go beyond just your normal expectations and like look at what you're p- passionate about. And um, there are many ways to success. Absolutely. OK, so we've got a tiebreaker question. Okay. I don't know if this so question. Mad. It shouldn't be a time. Yes. I mean, listen, um, I'm mad too, man, because I knew, man, I had my, it was on the tip of my tongue. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing about this show. And listen, <laughs> when the tables have been turned on me, I just want to say I'm zero for five. Okay. Oh, like, hey. I, I, I do not do well on the spot. So I'm, I'm a better host than a player. Um, okay. So remind us, are you all still living in the Fort Myers area? Between here and Charlotte. Tiebreaker question. If you know it, okay. shout it out. Okay. The Fort Myers Cemetery has two sections that are black only. Do you all know the names of these cemeteries? Uh, the one off Michigan. Uh, I, 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 that got to be one of the cemeteries. Uh, Michigan Cemetery, and I don't know the other one. Memorial. Sierra, do you have a guess? I don't. Okay, so this is going to be the first time you all are making history for the blackest questions. We are going to have a tie for the blackest questions. Both of you are winners because the correct answer is the Woodlawn and the Oak Ridge sections. So for our listeners out there, the Fort Myers Cemetery in Florida was built in 1915 and at the time would not allow black people to be buried there. So two separate sections were created and the entire cemetery is five acres and the sections for black Fort Myers residents were built far from the original cemetery and the black sections lacked identification and can be hard to access. Notable figures from the Fort Myers Black community are buried there. There's also one white woman buried in the Woodlawn section who was married to Fort Myers' first black settler, Nelson Tillis. So, thank you so much. But before we get to Black Lightning, I want to remind our viewers to check out Fast Home Rescue on the Weather Channel and remember to support those affected by natural disasters if you can. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, as you all know, the Black Lightning Round is there's no right or wrong answers, right? So hey. some of these questions are for both of you. Some of them are for yeah. each of you. And so whatever comes to mind, you just say the answer. You ready? Okay. Okay, Trey, what's your favorite sport to watch other than football? Basketball. Okay. We love to ask this when we've got a couple on the show. When the kids want something, who are they coming to first, mom or dad? Oh, they're pretty happy and have. I mean, it depends on what okay. they want for sure. Right. That's always the one, right? Yeah. Sierra, what's your favorite Black-owned business to support? Ooh. I, so I started doing makeup for a while. Um, so I really like Danessa Myrick makeup products. Mm. Ooh. Can't wait to check that out. Um, okay. Do you all play board games or card games? I like board games. Board. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite board game? Trey. Ooh, favorite board game. Uh... Oh, I feel like I'm on the spot. What's our favorite board game? Is Connect Four a board I'm game? Yeah, Connect, Connect Four. Hey, listen, I think it, it could be. Yeah, Sierra, yeah. Sierra, what's your favorite game to relax? Games. Um, I was I was gonna say Connect Four yeah. too. Like that's that's like <laughs> that's the game right there. That's the game. <laughs> okay, who's the better cook? Me. Oh yeah, not even close. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Yeah, not even. Okay, not even. and this is for each of you. Who did you have to have on your playlist to get you pumped while you were building these homes? I'm going to be honest with you. We 
I was say we, we didn't have much music going on. It was a lot of focus. It was a mm-hmm. lot of um yeah, like figuring out plans. Um yeah. Christian music in the morning, you know, to to yeah. get to where you know, to get to the site. We, right. we do we do a lot of like worship music um in, in the car for sure. But uh, while we were working, it was right. it was all when you're gas- working on a bandsaw, you don't need to have oh yeah, yeah no, <laughs> all gas, no break. That's right. Well, I want to thank you all so much for playing along with us. I want to thank Trey and Sierra Boston for all the work you do. I cannot wait to see your show on the Weather Channel, Fast Home Rescue. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Blackest Questions. This show is produced by Sasha Armstrong and Jeffrey Trudeau, and Regina Griffin is our director of podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And you can find more at the Grio Black Podcast Network on the Grio app, the website, and YouTube. I'm Torre. Join us for crazy true stories about stars who I really hung out with, like Snoop, Jay Z, Prince, Kanye, and the time I got kidnapped by Suge Knight. Don't miss my animated series, Star Stories with Torre, from the Grio Black Podcast Network. <laughs>